right, it's 8.20 Nigerian time. Let's reach out to the African Development Bank now and hear what they do have to say, you know, uh, with regards to uh, some of these other issues uh, developing around COVID-19. It's very important to understand uh, what, what, how do we manage um, African countries and the experiences that they will go on to have in days ahead. And how will all this change the way things are? Um, uh, no, these are very important conversations to have at this very crucial time uh, that makes a difference when you think about it and how things need to go. Good morning to you, sir. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Oh. Very well, good to have you on the show. Um, joining us now from the African Development Bank is uh, Senior Director there, uh, Mr. Ebira Fahal. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Yeah, Ibrahim. Yeah. Okay, good. Good to have you join us. Uh, it's good to see the exciting plan that the African Development Bank is talking about. And in fact, started off early this month uh, with regards to how African countries are to fare in this COVID-19 situation. L let's start with um, how the African Development Bank at this time, how it, wh what do you make of how COVID-19, uh, the pandemic around the world, how it's affecting African countries and what are some of the immediate developments that uh, the bank has noticed um, in many countries at this time? Thank you very much for having me on the show, Penny. Yes. Um, the, the COVID-19 clearly um, is unprecedented in many ways. Um, I think both in terms of scope and scale, it's actually uh, much more difficult than the financial crisis uh, 10 years ago. Um, the impact on healthcare system and African economy is currently unknown, but the estimates of foregone GDP are at least in the tens of billions of dollars possible future. In fact, um, uh, the shock could potentially risk uh, reversing most of the gains that the continent made over the last two, um, uh, two decades. Um, uh, for example, for the African countries that are relying on oil and gas exports, um, for the generation of foreign exchange, uh, we've seen some uh, tremendous uh, setbacks in the space. Uh, Nigeria, of course, being among those in addition to Angola, Algeria, Chad, uh, Egypt, etc. But there are also those that are commodity reliant exporters. Uh, there are also we seeing some severe uh, setbacks in terms of um, other crops, whether it's copper or um, uh, coal or even agricultural produce, which most of the uh, supply chains have actually also uh, been uh, been blocked. Now, on the domestic front, also um, you're going to see. explore a little bit about um, how African countries were like uh, before now. I mean, we have a situation now in Africa that it's even tough to understand, especially when it comes to uh, 
social categorization of people. We had uh, moments where we all agreed that we have vulnerable people, we have poor people, and there's, uh, uh, there are all kinds of situations different African countries are there. The ones who are struggling from between recession, falling back, and coming in and out. I mean, the people on the continent, over a billion people, have different experiences and different uh, ways in which they have lived their lives um, at this time. So what would you say about the immediate findings? Because one of the things all the research papers are indicating is that people who were supposedly in middle class of life before have now dropped to becoming uh, low, I mean, they're in the lower strata of low people, low people in terms of um, low class of life. And then the poor have gone to vulnerable. I, I'm only wondering what else... Um, would be after being vulnerable, after being poor, and after being in famine, if I may say as well. Uh, what are the immediate findings on, on how Africa has now been recategorized around this issue of this pandemic at this time? Um, it's still unfolding, clearly. Uh, but it, your, your point is, is extremely valid, and, and that's the point that I just made in, in the opening, to say that um, a lot of progress were made in the last 20 years. Um, I think if you look at the statistics, uh, both in terms of per capita uh, incomes, in terms of property uh, uh, reduction. Of course, we haven't made much progress in terms of inequalities um, and also in the most vulnerable uh, space. Um, adding, adding to that, the issue of conflict um, around most of the continent, where you still have issues around the lecture area um, in the Sahel region, uh, etc. Uh, so there's a lot of um, uh, displaced people, in addition to poor people, um, uh, but also the significant uh, in terms of the lack of uh, significant job creation um, have um, created a group of working poor, which also uh, added to the mix makes it a lot more volatile. So what we see happening, unfortunately, with this um, uh, pandemic and the spillovers that are coming out of it is that a lot of those gains uh, could be reversed and uh, in fact uh, will be reversed. And uh, this is something that definitely uh, after continent uh, it's not desirable and it's not something that I think we should gross over immediately after the effects of it. We, we, we need to really find ways um, as a global community um, to, to try and see how we can support Africa. Because if, if it is not addressed properly in Africa, I think um, the impact uh, globally will not also be achieved. Uh, I don't think that the, the solution has to be a global solution, given that a lot of resources will be diverted um, to, to try to resolve it in African countries. And uh, I know the African Development Bank is quite passionate when it comes to agricultural entrepreneurs, what some people call agripreneurs across the continent. And there's been prizes, there's been competition, there's been grants, there's been all kinds of measures and that African Development Bank has continued to show that they're committed to the African continent and young people especially women, uh, and how they are able to do things that differently for themselves on the continent uh, at this time. We are in a continent where experiencing climate change, and where at this time we're ex we should be experiencing rain, but the agricultural produce um, that is supposed to help us at this time looks like uh, sowing seeds and you know, planting seeds and other likes of that will be affected by the COVID-19 what are some of your findings in terms of the agricultural outlook for Africa this year? Um, what we have seen, of course, um, you've mentioned the, 
the they were let me start first with the the youth the, the entrepreneurial youth aspects that, that you have mentioned very briefly. Um, yes, we we have developed very special programs that target uh, youth and youth employment. Um, the realization that that governments um, uh, don't create jobs and that the private sector does um, is it, quite important. But also that um, traditionally as Africans. Uh, we have focused on academics much more so than in terms of skills uh, in, in, in areas where uh, you can really generate income. So I think our push in that area has been focusing on trying to create the skills um, that will allow um, young people to create their own space and their own jobs. Um, clearly, again, um, we are doing as uh, much as we can for now, but we, we also need uh, private sector uh, businesses and, and government to, to partner with us in this space. And we are seeing that partnership happen. Uh, in the space of agriculture, I think the pandemic, uh, the outlook, realistically, we would expect that agricultural productivity will decline, given the very difficult uh, problems in, in accessing agricultural input during the lockdown. Uh, but moreover, the dislocation in all of the supply chain has made it difficult. Uh, in many of the African countries uh, to obtain agro-input for upcoming cropping season. This includes the sourcing of uh, fertilizers and seeds and also access to markets. Uh, one of the biggest impacts of COVID-19 actually is the, the, the reduction in the government finance as you already pointed out, including what I call green climate funds to finance mm. the, um, mitigation of climate change. Um, on the continent. Um, what we have seen is that the developed countries uh, are funding similar strategies um, and therefore less resources that were devoted to climate change may have to be diverted um, to, to, to fund these activities. Um, so these are, you know, um, and, and then if you add to that, uh, in terms of climate change in Africa, uh, we've seen droughts, uh, we've seen flooding um, uh, recently. But importantly, uh, in East Africa at the moment, uh, uh, during the same time that the COVID-19 is happening, we're seeing uh, a massive locust invasion that has uh, devastated hundreds of thousands of hectares. So, so the risk of famine uh, uh, is there. Um, we at the bank are making efforts, including here in Nigeria, to help provide seeds, quality seeds and uh, fertilizers for the upcoming uh, growing season. Uh, let's talk about uh, social bond. Uh, the African Development Bank um, raised an exceptional three billion US dollars uh, in a three-year bond to help alleviate the economic and social impact the COVID-19 pandemic will have on the livelihoods and, and the African economies, as we would have it. What was the social bond about? Let me ask you, as uh, somebody is uh, well, very much inclined uh, to explain this even better than the way it's been perceived. There, there are social bonds uh, that have been put forward by. Uh, the African Development Bank. Can you share details of that with us? Yes. Um, uh, the COVID, well, let, let me start with, with, with the social bonds. Uh, lately, I think uh, investors have been uh, quite sensitive to the need um, to, to put their money um, on investments that will support social causes. So whether it's climate change, um, uh, or, or health uh, pandemics or, or gender, you know, around those, around those very important topics. 
So we have been issuing um, a lot of social bonds um, almost uh, for the past five years or so. And um, uh, they are targeted they to particular things you want to do, whether it's green financing or renewable uh, energy, etc. So those are just examples. Now, with this, with this bond, um, it is the largest ever dollar bond, uh, social bond issue. It's about um, three, three billion dollars. In fact, when we, um, when we went to the market, it was oversubscribed um, to the tune of 4.6 billion and 91 interested um, parties, most of the central banks and other investment houses. Uh, the important, uh, this was important for us to be able to, we realized that the, the membership of the bank um, will be constrained in getting access to financial markets at, at this time. So we have a triple A rating that allows us to actually borrow from financial markets below the library rate. And then uh, we're able then to pass on that low cost of borrowing to our countries who cannot access the market. So it will provide us liquidity uh, to help uh, countries, uh, member countries, uh, to address the pandemic both directly in terms of strengthening health systems, but also indirectly in terms of supporting the budget uh, by creating fiscal space that will allow government um, to to, uh, uh, to address the issue. We also uh, provide um, uh, uh, some temporary debt referrals to the private sector, um, for example, uh, companies that, that needed to pay back uh, some of the, the private sector debt that is uh, due to the bank. Some of that will be deferred until, uh, until at least for a year, and then we'll see what happens after that. Okay, so I do know a lot of African countries are lobbying for funds, are lobbying for interventions, are lobbying for ways in which uh, to be able to mitigate against this crisis. Uh, what's one of the strongest advice? Because it's one thing to be able to raise funds from around the world, from whether the World Bank, from WHO, from African Development Bank. Uh, it's also very important to be able to hold them accountable uh, to whatever funds they are able to raise. I mean, for yeah. example, in Nigeria's case now, there are talks about how much money has been raised, but then it's still not clear how much has been raised either privately or publicly or through any other intervention. What are your strong advice when it comes to monitoring and evaluation, accountability of African countries um, when it comes to the funds that are being raised? Yeah, no, a very important point. But at, at the end of the day, um, these funds are meant to achieve particular impacts and, and, and until we can make sure that, that, that they're meeting their intended purposes, uh, it, defeats, uh, it defeats it completely. Um, it starts with the, with the, the, the country system. So for example, um, uh, the procurement uh, system in these countries needs to be uh, extremely transparent and also be able to to source um, what is, whatever is needed uh, during this, this difficult time. But in terms of monitoring and evaluation, all bank projects um, have something that's called, that's called a resource matrix framework. And that resource matrix framework defines, uh, defines the goals, the objectives, and the outputs that we expect um, uh, from, the, uh, uh, from our programs. And benchmarks are also set against which disbursements will be made. So um, um, clearly, it's, it's more difficult um, during this time when we cannot move around to, to ascertain um, uh, impact on the ground. But we are, we are very conscious of it, and we are looking at modalities as to how we can 
continue monitoring and evaluating our programs uh, remotely. Mm. As a bank that has uh, constantly dealt with uh, issues uh, developing in Africa over the years, uh, Africa has not exactly excelled when it comes to social distribution of palliatives, you know, as one would find at this time. At a time when uh, the practice and the preaching of fiscal distancing uh, comes up over and over again, we've seen across many African nations uh, the attempt to give out palliatives uh, because of the COVID-19 to their citizens. How that is not going well at all in terms of you find people crowded, uh, they're running into each other, they, they panic, they push into each other. But there is some uh, suggestions from supposed elites and some people who think uh, there are many other banking methods uh, that could also be used, some sort of a social register, some sort of um, banking uh, distribution scheme that could get money across to citizens across the continent, um, not just in Nigeria, for example, now, but across the continent. What's your take about the best way to approach a situation where it looks like most people will need to get the interventions being provided uh, by various governments around Africa? Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly, um, uh, we haven't, I mean, most, most experts, we haven't seen the worst yet um, in, 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 in the continent. Uh, the one thing is that I think governments uh, across Africa have started, um, some have argued maybe um, a little too late uh, in some countries, but they have started, you know, um, trying to, to address the, the, pan the pandemic before before it becomes, uh, uh, it gets out of hand in a way. Uh, what we have seen though is that culture also plays a big part um, in terms of the social distances. Um, I think uh, uh, um, uh, most Africans are used to living um, in, a, in a community that's very intimate, um, both in terms of the way we live every day, the way we operate our religious beliefs, etc. So those are habits that I, I think uh, we have seen have been difficult or sometimes have come um, in the way of trying to to create more social distance. But I think it is important that um, that social distancing, uh, distancing um, uh, is um, implemented, um, that's, that's one. But two also, I think uh, the issue that you mentioned in terms of how would um, the different uh, politics, the different programs that you're looking at also which um, uh, 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 the people. I think in our case, for example, I mentioned uh, fertilizer and seeds. Um, we have, uh, as African Development Bank, um, decided that we will source for our member countries um, fertilizers and quality seeds for the growing season across the continent by doing a moral procurement. Um, working together with Adibaba, for example, and uh, uh, some of the UN agencies that are also very uh, vast in this time, in this time, uh, in this time of uh, procurement. But not only the procurement, but also the distribution to the needed parties. So those fertilizers and seeds um, we, we intend to, to bulk procure will also be distributed um, by uh, experienced staff that are used to this kind of distribution. The, the growth of science on the African continent is a little bit different from um, the way it has been across some other continents around the world. Uh, some say, for example, as uh, research is going on, for example, in Europe, Asia, 
with regards to finding vaccine or cure for COVID-19, uh, that um, Africans, for example, the African scientists are not um, getting the best of research funds and um, uh, support from uh, organizations, banks. Uh, is AFDB by any chance, uh, the African Development Bank, would you be exploring the idea of having African scientists um, you know, on the continent look for ways to research and uh, find um, vaccine and cure, if I may say, um, to the COVID-19. Are, are you exploring uh, so, um, something of such nature, sponsorship or some funding for such? Yeah, this is a two-track uh, two approach um, uh, to this question. First, um, what we realized, uh, both in this, um, in this pandemic, but also previously with, with the Ebola, and in fact, if one goes back uh, a little further to, to HIV, um, is that at each one, at each point in time during those diseases, uh, um, uh, the, the, the community of those diseases, we, we, we talked about and we realized that we don't have a strong public health system because that's where it starts. Um, and uh, as a continent, I think uh, we realized that we need to strengthen the public health system. We need to have something akin uh, to the um, uh, CDC uh, or that of the, the NHS, uh, if you take some of the examples from the UK and the US. Um, unfortunately, this has not happened uh, over the years, um, and uh, uh, definitely something that, that, that we, we are looking at seriously. We already provided money, for example, to the uh, ECOWAS um, as part of this uh, response. To the pandemic to, set up, to, to support the West Africa Health Organization, which is a uh, public health body that will support um, the kind of activities that you just mentioned in West Africa. And we are now trying to see how we can support uh, other similar public health agencies uh, in other parts of Africa. Then secondly, um, on the private sector level, and this is where I think the scientists and uh, uh, some of these research agencies come in, um, uh, we look to provide uh, uh, more funding for uh, SMEs or businesses that are, uh, that are um, producing diagnostic equipment, for example, um, and other pharmaceuticals um, to, to provide, um, to, provide uh, uh, to make this available in, in, in the continent. The, clearly, um, I don't think that it is because of a lack of capable scientists. I think if you look globally um, uh, across the world, um, you will find some very competent um, African scientists. But also a lot of that uh, is in the diaspora. So a way of incentivizing them to, to, to come back and be able to lead this cutting edge research, I think, would be very useful. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to let you go with this final question about uh, death recovery. Uh, 25 um, countries are well listed by the IMF uh, to have the opportunity to have their death recovery. Uh, unfortunately, my country, Nigeria, is not listed there. Uh, we, don't, we, don't have, we don't owe IMF money, but 
It's an exciting idea to ask for debt forgiveness at this time. Uh, you know, when one thinks about it, uh, that, yeah. do you think this will provide? I mean, debt recovery loan requirements. I mean, there are countries who are asking for loans, for example, from China. I know Nigeria is having some conversation about um, specific loans uh, that have to do with this pandemic uh, from the likes of China. There are conversations, maybe, maybe not uh, inclining towards that area. What would the African Development Bank advise governments across Africa on debt forgiveness and the concept of borrowing money in, in this very critical time where everything seems to be on a spin? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, excellent point. Uh, the, the continent, as you know, is carrying a very high um, debt burden. Uh, several countries are already facing serious debt distress, um, uh, risk of uh, debt distress. Um, this has been, you know, for example, Eritrea debt um, is about 250% of GDP, um, Mozambique about 100% of GDP, and Zimbabwe well over. Um, Nigeria is much lower than that, but of course, um, there's a problem with the, the, the debt service part of that in terms of the ratio to revenue. Um, of course, with the pandemic and the oil price, um, uh, the oil prices, projections are that various countries um, may actually um, uh, default on, on uh, debt payments and this is a worrisome uh, thing that, uh, that we must address frontally. Um, so assuming additional debt from donors avoid default um, uh, for some countries, it's not prudent, it's not a prudent way, way to go. You will, uh, from the bank side, what we've done, uh, maybe just three points. One, as part of the COVID-19 response, uh, we are providing debt deferral uh, to the private sector. Um, so for private sector loans that are falling due this year, we are deferring uh, payment of those um, principles um, uh, for a year. Uh, then a similar program, President uh, Adishina has um, been speaking well before many leaders about the need to grant uh, some kind of debt relief to African countries. Um, uh, the, the problem with this is that it has to be a collective effort um, by uh, all of the multilateral organizations. Otherwise, it has implications for, for our own um, uh, so debt ratings from the rating agencies. Mm. What, what the IMF has done is actually a special program targeted as, um, as a few countries uh, of which Nigeria is not in that category. Nigeria is a middle-income country. So I, I, I've seen a lot of debates in the paper why is Nigeria not included, but, but it is not a snob of Nigeria, I don't think. It's just that uh, that category does not include many, well, all of the middle-income countries from Africa is mainly designed for, for lower-income countries. Uh, on our side, we continue to push. Um, uh, um, I think we've seen some very positive um, uh, uh, things coming out of the, the group of uh, seven and also the G20. President Macron, I think, has been calling over the past week for debt relief to African countries. So, so there's a great, great movement um, to try to support um, debt relief and even debt, debt cancellation uh, for African countries. So uh, we will continue to push on our side as well as the, the, the premier financial institution in the continent. 
I have to say a big thank you to you for your time, Mr. Ibiri Afal uh, of the African Development Bank, for joining in this very morning on Money Cross Fights. Been a very uh, enlightening conversation on many subjects that is changing our lives at this time. Uh, I do hope you continue to stay safe and uh, uh, provide us with insight into what is best for Africa, even as a bank for Africa. Thank you for me and stay safe as well. Thank you so much, sir. Bye, sir.